The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are the host of Street Politicians, the place where the streets, streets and, and politics, politics meet. meet. Let's get into Let's get it. Let's get into it. Let's get busy. Yeah, it's Black History Month. Black History. Yeah. Well, why we month. always get a month? What the, what the, what like, well, what is this know. month? Like, when we gonna get a Black History Year? We Black History Year. But Especially all the shit that we've been through this last year. We need our own year. But we are Black History Year. And there's a lot of Black History that happens all year. However... Yeah. This is an important month that we do get an opportunity to okay. do one thing that I think is important. I think if you're a parent who is not teaching your children something they don't know about our history during this month, you're not necessarily you doing fail, it right. Even if you're a white parent. I'm not going to say you're failing. Or, and that's a good point. Exactly. I, didn't, I think I said parent. You said parent. You did. I didn't say black parent. You did. But I, I just wanted all... to make that clarification because people would think if you're a black parent, you're supposed to... No. During black, black History Month... Yeah. I think all ethnicities, mm -hmm. all races need to educate your children about black history. And while we love Dr. King, and we certainly want to educate people on Dr. King, Malcolm X, we love Malcolm X. We want to educate people about Rosa Parks. We love Rosa Parks. We love Rosa Parks. But there are other leaders and other figures many other leaders. within um, our culture that also need to be um, acknowledged. Acknowledged, but also there needs to be some deliberation, if you will, about those individuals. So, for instance, if I was a you know a, a younger parent, my son, he knows. I don't know if he tells people that he knows, but he knows. I would teach my kids about Nat Turner, right? Yes, Nat Turner. Now, that's something that a lot of people, oh, Nat Turner, you know, he was the leader of a rebellion, and they actually did kill some of the slave masters, if you will. But the, you know what? I don't mean to interrupt you. Okay. Right? But for me, right, we celebrate all types of generals, generals and, and soldiers exactly. who have killed exactly. millions of people. Exactly. Hundreds of people. Like If you think about it, they've killed thousands and hundreds well, of people. Well, altogether, they've killed millions. Millions, if you think right. about all of them. So when we celebrate a person who... 
fought against injustice. Right. Who was being held against his will, his life, and everything, and wrote and chose to rebel against the structure and people who were actually killing slaves. They were killing slaves. They were beating. They were harming killing slaves. Killing enslaved people. Enslaved we don't people. Call our people slaves. Okay. Well, they were killing enslaved people. Exactly. And he fought and rose up against that. I don't understand why that's so controversial. People don't want but you to I have think, that conversation. Well, I think because unless there the- is an intent to cover that up because they they don't want you to have that same ideology again because they plan to enforce well, that mean, type of I think bullshit that one, again. I think one of the issues for us, because I'm just, for now, let's just focus on why black folks might not do it. It's a lot of things. You know, we still carry a lot of the behavioral patterns from the plantation. Mm. On the plantation, you could talk about God. You could talk about some you know, peaceful, loving individual and and pray to and about that type of person. But you were not able to have conversations about revolution, rebellion, fighting back or any of that. Unless you was the the field nigga, like Negro. Even the field, even the no one, you weren't allowed. I'm not saying that it didn't happen. I'm saying you weren't allowed. And so oftentimes you're, we get a little nervous about even having those conversations on, say, our jobs. Because if someone comes up to or goes up to different people, you know, in the corporate space and other spaces and says, you know, what what's happening to us isn't right. Even if you're working at a, food, a fast food chain, you say, well, what's happening here isn't right. We need to either establish a union or we should write a letter or we should do this. You have people say, don't say that around massa like don't let massa find out that that's what we're talking about because we've been taught that we're not allowed to have certain types of conversations or else there will be consequences for but, that but for me black people need to stop being so damn scared man like at the end of the day you know we've overcome so much and, and, and when you know something doesn't feel right to your core if something doesn't coexist with your moral fiber and you scared to say something about it. You scared to stand up. Like, are you actually living? Are you actually? Well, we're, who a are lot you? Of us are existing. No, but and, and, and that's, that's for me. Show, like, that's, that's a problem. We show. do existing, merely existing, because for me, like, at some point, we have to be able to man up, woman up, whatever it takes up, to say, yo, this ain't right, and I can say it ain't right, or yeah. this is right, and I agree with this, and be able to stand in that truth, right. to stand on what you stand on. Like, why are we so scared to stand on what we stand on? We we have pretty much literally built this country, especially in this moment. We have seen the power of black people. We've seen our vote. We've yeah. seen our, yeah. our tenacity. We've seen our resilience. We have done been through everything that the worst had to offer, and we have succeeded and we have survived and we have persevered. It's no more time to be scared. Like I hate hearing people, well, you can't, why you can't say that? Say you don't want to say that. If you say you don't want to say some shit or you don't agree with that, cool. But don't tell me what you can't say as a grown adult man or a grown adult woman. Yeah. Don't give me that. I agree. I agree. And not and not and so I think to your point that we have to be willing to teach our children about all the many diverse facets, if you will of the movement and people uh, who came before us. So that's one thing. But then I also think we have to correct history. If you're going to teach your children about uh, Rosa Parks, you also have to talk to them about Claudette Colvin. They have to know that there was a woman 
who came before Rosa Parks that did some of the very similar things. She sat at the front and said, I will not move. However, as that was happening, um, you know, there was a decision made by the movement that she wasn't the right person for everyone to get behind. I mean, this is real. This is real. This is real. And we still deal with that today. There was an actual decision made because there is strategy to these movements. And it's unfortunate that that's how it has to be. But there are moments when you have situations, uh, struggles that we're involved in, and you already know that trying to fight for a three-time convicted murderer who was killed by the police and, you know, some, it's going to be difficult. Not saying that we shouldn't. We should absolutely... If it if it's in, if it's injustice, it's injustice no matter who That's it is. Right. But you know that as a strategist, it is going to be more difficult to win over the the people's attention and pull the heartstrings during certain things. Now, Claudette yeah. Coven wasn't a convicted murderer, but you get my point. That there was a decision made that Rosa Parks she looked different. I would imagine she was a little she was lighter at that time. There was the paper bag theory that you know if you were darker than a paper bag. You weren't necessarily considered to be in proximity to whiteness is what you've been talking about. You know, she had her hair looked different. She had certain attributes and she was a, a, a person. She worked for the NAACP. She was in the movement. And so they chose her to be the face of the Montgomery bus boycott. Um, and so there should be, and that's okay. It's okay if that was I mean, it's decision, okay to strategize. I'm not, I'm not taking be, away strategy. Right, but there needs to be, during this month, if we're going to have the shortest Before, month- Because the thing is, the key is to properly. get in, it's like this, right? Mm. It's like telling people, wait, we- we, we just let us get in the door, right? Yeah. We got the best chance to get in the door. Because I, I understand that. I understand there's a strategy. It's, it's certain people that people accept more. Right. Like if you accept, if I'm trying to get behind that door and, and I'm like, yo, they know me. They're cool. I can just let me get in and I'm going to bring you in. Because right. people the, told us, why fight for Breonna Taylor? Because she clearly was associated with someone who was, you know, and was that, in dealing drugs or was was associated with drug dealing, right? Yeah, we but, we can't go uh, convicting the man without knowing. But here's the deal. We love running towards fires. That's what it is. And and I think Jesus. that's I think that's what our people have to do. And, and that's why when you look at I'm the sorry outcry, I cut your, your good No, don't worry about you it. You did cut, I did have a good story. Yeah, but story. you had one earlier. You cut I me did. off earlier. We, but you happened. was talking about I don't know, I forgot. So I forgot too. But you know, when we look at Breonna Taylor and we look at our decision to say, you know what, this is who we're going to stand behind because we know it's wrong. Mm. Our heart says it's wrong. We know right from wrong. And we're willing to stand behind that. And the fact that we had that fortuitousness to continue on and understand the people who were already on the ground who were doing it and we wanted to uplift their voices, the fact that all of us came together and said, this is something that we personally believe in. That's right. Whether you believe it or not, we're willing to stand, die, lose our freedom, life, whatever it takes, so that this, this woman gets justice. You know, it made the world pay attention. That's right. and, and that's a lesson. It's a lesson in that. Listen, do not allow anybody to scare you out of your conviction. Do not allow wow, anybody to tell you. Conviction. Don't let nobody tell you that what you believe, what you believe in is not strong enough to fight for because they don't see it. Your your will, the the mind is so powerful. Man. When you will things into existence, when you believe something so hard, it becomes true. So do not allow black, especially black people, we have shown that. We have proven. 
I believe. I'm going to have millions of dollars millions. in my bank account tomorrow. Shit. I'm going to have billions. You tell me millions. I believe. Billions. Billions. <laughs> you you believe it so much. Listen, I already know I'm a, I'm a billionaire already. That that shit ain't about nothing. I'm a billionaire. Wow. I'm a multi-billionaire. You looking at a billionaire in the making. <laughs> Someone was going to change the trajectory of this country and do it with honor and be a billionaire and give most of that money to my people so they could continue to have intergenerational wealth. That's who I am. But I thought you were with um, your boy. What's his name? Who? What's his name? Bernie Sanders. Bernie yeah, Sanders that's why I, says there should be no billionaire. But that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna be a billionaire and then give it to my people. But so he ultimately, says I'm, that if you make a billion dollars, you hurt a lot of people along the way. Well, listen, everybody, I, you don't. I don't agree with nobody on everything. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe uh, you, that was good. You that was good, right? You got, you got to move fast. Look, I don't agree but, with no. But listen to me. Production says because I believe that I believe in the theory that some people got to go out and get it and bring it back home. You understand what I'm saying? The bottom line is everybody does not have the wherewithal, the talent, the skill, the everything that it's going to take to accumulate massive amount of money. That's not everybody's forte. Yeah. So just like um, what Mason told you. Oh, uh, right. So so our, uh, my mentee, yep. now become your mentee, Mary Pat. She's That's basically right. our boss. She's our but, boss. She right? runs the show. But man, she's been on the show before. She runs the the Until Freedom Division in Georgia. And she's an incredible leader. She's been at it since she was 11. She's now graduated from Spelman. Right. She's a, a law student. So she's obviously much older. And her brother, Mason, is he owns, he's only like 12 years old. And he owns a hot dog business. He actually has a facility. So it's not like he's selling hot dogs out of his house. That's he right. literally has a restaurant where he sells hot dogs and he has all different types of products and services around food. And once a second location, your mother Kathy was mentioning to me the other day that he's looking for a second location. And Mason's thing, which is your point, was that, you know what? I watched my sister. She's out here fighting a good fight. Fighting. I love that. I, I'm happy and I'm and I'm a part of the movement too. I'm, I'm, I'm centered in that work. But I need to make some money so that my sister is not struggling. And it's so, so real. It's so real that he was able, his level of discernment at his young age, he's been, this is now since he's been about 10, nine or 10 years old, that he's been thinking of ways to make money to support his sister. His discernment is so clear that there was a point between her graduating from Spelman, getting in law school, and trying to find jobs because she is, one, overqualified, and she's worked within the movement. And sometimes when people don't realize the challenges of when you work for someone who's a sacrifice. high profile in the movement, you may not always be able, one, to get another job in the movement, but beyond that to go out and work for a corporation or some other entity because there's a lot of baggage that goes along with yeah, the they, sacrifices. That's right. And so she needed a job. And she was able to work with Mason on college campuses. She went out with him to Morehouse. They sold hot dogs once a week or every few days there. And now she supports him in his business. But she's willing to work. That's right. She's willing to work. And that's my point exactly. Like, you know, we understand. It's so many dis... Entry points into this movement, especially black people need everything. Right. We need everything. We need everything. We need so everything. It, this Black History Month, if anything that I want to tell you in Black History Month is no time to be divided. There's no time to say that your methodology or your strategy 
is better than somebody else's and exile that because we need every everybody if we all trying to get to the same place and the same destination then it doesn't matter right, how you get there together. we all need to be working together I, yo i hear so many different dialogues and i've i've actually been a part of them where people are arguing me about strategy and why are you doing this and why aren't you doing that and i just say to them like why don't you do what i'm not doing right cuz i can't do everything i never told you i could do everything i'm i'm capable to do of doing what i do although although i don't believe that i think it is cancerous to tell people not to vote because that for me is very problematic and I know I need to probably I just think that you know what it is say, for me I don't think I think that's cancer. I think it is but you know what I, you know what I say is this. If you can come up with a strategy or an ideology in which not voting makes sense to you and you're doing something behind not voting and that whatever you're doing as a result of not voting is pushing us forward then that's something well, that you have to do as a person. That's what you have to do as an individual. I cannot make you believe in what I believe in. Me, I believe that it makes no sense to be a part of a system where you don't have any say-so over the people who actually run the system. You're going to pay all the bills. You're going to pay your taxes. You're going to follow every law and every rule, every legislation that's put into order. You have to follow them. Unless you've decided that you're going rogue outside of the government, then it makes sense. Don't vote because I'm not participating in nothing the government has. And that makes sense to me. But if you are going to participate and be a citizen of America, of the United States, and you don't have any say over the people who govern the state, how does that make sense to you? Well, and but but so you said I, and you said if you, because yeah. I don't believe in if you, and if you, and if I, and if you, which is, I get your point, but at the heart of that is individualism, mm -hmm. that person. You're not just voting for yourself. When you choose to, uh, to not to participate in this system, you're leaving Ray Ray and Keisha and those people who come from our communities behind. Because those that live in public housing, they need to ensure that there are people in office who want to actually help them in public housing, that don't want holes and rats and heat uh, or no heat, cold in the winter and hot in the summer, because that's, that's what true. happens in public housing. Those people, they need public hospitals. Now, maybe you have doctors that work, you know, that's your family members that got trailers somewhere that you can go to and get fixed up. But most people need the public hospital. The public hospital is controlled by the local politics. So perhaps you can say, I don't vote for president, right? I don't, I don't believe in any of these presidents. I don't want to participate in that. I don't agree with that either because... If you don't show up to the polls at the time when there is a presidential race, there are many other seats down the ballot, right? There are other people running for other offices mm -hmm. that you need to be there to ensure that your voice is counted. And while you're there, you might as well make sure you try to pick the right president for the time as well. So I, I totally don't agree with any period. But if that's what you say, fine. You definitely should not. And that's the problem with how we raise up our young people. Because when we start saying, I don't vote, I don't believe in the system, what happens is that young people say, okay, well, we don't have to do it. They turn it off. And it's difficult to turn them back on when it comes to the local DA who might arrest them. Okay. And depending on what that DA believes, their ideologies, 
You can have hell on your hands if you don't have the right type of person in office. When it comes to city council members that have to do with streets and, you know, what the street lights and things that's going on in your local community, state senators and otherwise, it's difficult to turn people off and on. So I think it's cancerous for us to say don't vote because most of our people, I'm not talking about the few that are living outside the system. They got their own money, they, you know, all of that. Most people are trapped in the system and they need to be able to walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. We're going to vote. We're going to ensure we put these people in office and that we can hold them accountable and build systems that are outside of what we know as America and the American government. It's my opinion. Well, there you have it. Hopefully you've changed the minds of some of the people who say they're not going to vote. Talking about minds. I was thinking. I was thinking thinking. because, you know, every uh, time we sit down for street politicians, I always think. And there's a lot to think about. And our guest today uh, made me think about this. Um, And that is, what happened to Kanye? Like, (laughs) I know... People you, probably like everybody Kanye. thinking that you just that's the left field, but it's true though. Because no, we no. talk about Black History Month, and, and no, but it, it, I, I want to know what happened. Kanye, to Kanye used to be a big part of history. Yeah, he was a big part because Kim Kardashian, who you know, I could take her or leave her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She cool. She cool. Some days I think Kim's doing something. Cute. She cute. She looks cute at times. I loved her kids and, the, you know, the whole thing. And I actually appreciate the story of their family and the way that their mother really is a boss chick that is, you know, making it making it happen for all of them. So sometimes I, I like them. But I also see a lot of cultural appropriation. Um, and, you know, I'm not always excited about the Kardashians. But Kim has really been involved and engaged wait, in wait, this. Wait, wait, cultural movie. appropriation. Y'all don't know means that they stole shit from black people. <laughs> they be stealing shit from like, black right, people so, sometimes. They steal so some shit. Cultural appropriation, especially for the Kardashians, would be to see her in what uh, cornrows, and then for her to not quickly let it be known that this I didn't make this because people started people. blogs and um, and other media entities started saying that. Oh, you know, look at Kim. She created cornrows or she's making cornrows cool. And she was not quick enough. I don't even know if I ever saw a response from her to say, no, I didn't create this. I took this look from black folks. I was influenced by black women. And, you know, tell the story. Use your platform to tell the story about how our cornrows were actually used to stuff food, rice and other things inside of our hair. When we were enslaved, okay? Let's, Go ahead and teach let's you. Let's, and I believe that you should use your platform to do that. But okay. no, you know, whatever. Let's put that to the side. One thing she is doing is being very engaged in trying to get pardons for people who she feels has been locked up for too long for crimes, small crimes, or just crimes they committed a long time ago. Um, and she's really been a champion for a number of individuals. She used her influence to go to the White House to meet with someone who the rest of us don't get with, but she was able to go navigate that space. And a few people have been pardoned as a result of her work, and she's really been engaged. Yes, I'm trying. I ain't seen Kanye go with her about none of that. Yeah, Kanye, I think you know what it is. I think first of all, it's mental health. Def- it's definitely, definitely mental health. And I hear that they're working on a divorce at this point. It's not. I don't. I can't confirm nor deny whether they're getting divorced, but that's what I hear. But when you look at Kanye. I think 
what happened was his own cultural appropriation. I think. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I think he tried to uh, um, appropriate their culture, right? Mm -hmm. And he started to believe that he was bigger than what it is that he came from. You know, there was a point where he had such a message and he had such a a grip on understanding and he was so common. He was just the underdog. He was the, the college dropout. He represented just the average black man, you know, and it was times when he spoke like that. And I think maybe through mental health, maybe through just success, success mm-hmm. you know, and, and just losing yourself, man, that, um, he, he actually just he got so himself. disconnected with the culture yeah. and his own self and, and, and it's so vi- it's so visible because sometimes he comes back he does Sunday service and you look and you're like okay maybe Kanye and then he just says and does some show I'm praying for Kanye man I'm, I'm really hoping that whatever he's dealing with that he overcomes because mm. you realize we're dealing with mental health and yeah. people well, he are committing Sun- suicide he does Sunday service but they are evangelical Christians who uh, who believe in a different type of God and we we saw them and with this insurrection that just happened last month. We saw them singing and praising their God right outside of the building prior to them going in to literally kill and 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 capture individuals. Right. So and I, I don't believe that we'll go as far as to say that that's Kanye's God. But I know that the God that made him say uh, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Somewhere along the line, he lost touch with that individual, or that 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 the spiritual, entity. Nah, that it's deity. not even entity, that spiritual influence. And I I hope he gets it back because we see what sis is trying to do. Some people say, well, she's clout chasing. I don't care. She got some people. Yeah, if you free, can clout chase and you can actually get something done while you clout, clout chasing. There's people that's clout chasing and ain't getting nothing. And they're not getting anything. So if done. she getting done stuff done like that, is she clout chasing? We gotta give Kim Kardashian Chase away. a little bit of love for that. So that's my thought of the day. Of that's what day. I was thinking. Well, that you were thinking. I just want to know what happened to my brother because I felt like the two of them together doing the type Could of work been that so she's dope. been moved to do. Oh man, they and that and that brings me to what the streets is talking. What's about. the streets talking about today? The streets are wondering right now mm. if representation is really going to equate to some level of change. Mm. We look at Joe Biden, and he's just put Jamie Harrison as the DNC chair, and black Keisha, man from, black South, man Carolina, from South Carolina, a southern black man. Keisha Lance Bottoms is the VP of the chair. I mean, of the of Democratic. The yep. So, that's the and, 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 of, and around there, just been Atlanta. there have been some other, you know, Im- other appointments. Important, important appointments. That's right. Where black people are represented. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying, "Yo, well, just because we represent it, don't mean they're going to do anything." That has never equated to change. Y'all people bugging. Are they wrong? Or it, when we look at this cabinet and say, "Dad, it's a lot of." Black representatives. Black they are and brown. black and brown representatives. This is a diverse cabin. This is something that we've never seen. Are are they wrong in saying that nothing's gonna change? Or or, or should we be hopeful? Mm. The streets wanna know, should we be hopeful in thinking that this representation is actually going to represent some level of change for us? You know, I think that hope is the foundation of our existence. And I don't think we should ever get to a place where we're not hopeful. I believe we should have hope every day because the God I serve, I have seen do amazing things, right? 
Um, and so say I believe that, that this, what do they, they say, the same God that got us through the last thing will take us through this time. And I, um, I believe our hope is, is so important. I also don't know, right? Like everything remains to be seen, mm-hmm. whether or not having people like, uh, Keisha, I call it Keisha because I know her, but mayor bottoms, she's actually the mayor of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and also Jamie Harrison, who we raised money for, um, we gave him, um, I know I did give him money during the election cycle this year, you started giving money to people during the election. You know, because I realized, man, you know, um, a lot of people that we want to represent us, that's one of the things that I never knew. Like you have to raise money for a campaign to be able to show that you are a viable candidate. That's right. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put my coins. I can't just expect people to get in office. we don't give thousands upon thousands and thousands. But we give some money. We're we give a couple of hundreds and a couple so people couple, got a couple, couple thousand. Got so thousands. we ain't going to act definitely. like, you know, a couple Me. people got, you know, and, and it pays off, you know. So this, you know, we I, I think, like you said, I'm kind of hopeful. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of hopeful. I, I want to believe that people who have fought this long to get in these positions, who have understand the struggle that we have daily, every day. Yeah. That get into these, actually get into the room and get an opportunity to make and dictate change are going to, you know, to utilize. To do something. To do something. <laughs> I want to I wanna believe. I believe. That's I believe. why I say the word I think, hopeful. I, I believe think, I'm hopeful. But the bottom line is we gonna, I'm on your ass now. I think that- He's on your ass. I think that both Mayor Bottoms and also uh, Jamie Harrison have been through enough over the last few, him running, he just ran for office. And mm-hmm. although he lost, I think this is a real good position for him now. Um, I think both of them have seen enough. And certainly Mayor Bottoms has seen a lot. And she actually has received some of my critiques um, about her leadership and, and others. And I think that um, they have developed in a way that will hopefully inform more radical decision-making because the Democratic Party, now this thing that the Republicans just did has really, really messed up their party. I mean, I don't see how they make it out of this, right? But the Democrats are just this close. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really the whole system is crashing. It's it is. falling apart. Pretty much. And, um, and therefore, some type of leadership is going to be necessary and it's going to take some radical shifting and some real strong um, changing of the guard and changing of ideas and the ways in which we operate in order to get people interested again and to get them back to the table. Because no one that I know, and I'm not saying that most people didn't do it, but no one that I know ran to the polls in Georgia and or across the country because they were excited about the Democratic Party. They were excited. They were not even excited. They knew there was an imminent threat. They saw the insurrection coming before the insurrection We happened. all did. And so in a lot of ways, people knew that they had to go out and do what they had to do. But if they had to make a decision based upon the two-party system that we have at this time, both parties would, would ha- we wouldn't have people voting. Not not many. But we have a guest. Yes, we have a guest. Yeah, Somebody who's been on the ground that's always done doing the work, yeah. always invites us, that stands with us. Even as crazy as th- we ask him to as do we the are, craziest things. And you know, he's I told with you, us. Street politicians, we really can fill up 
our shows. We're just our the friends. People that we work with. You know, every that's day. my bro. That's that's my bro right there. Yeah. And he, he ball. You know what I'm saying? He don't look. We bring. That's what is the street politicians part. Like yeah, the streets. Like people. you gotta bring the people. This is one of those brothers, man. You know, he's one of the uh, NBA trainer. He trains some of the best players in the NBA, and he utilizes his platform. He utilizes his influence to speak truth to power, to stand on the front lines right. with us, to fight, you know, and he's become, instantly become a brother of mine. Absolutely. Like, really a brother of mine that I, I stand by any day. So listen, before we go to the next segment and have our special guest join, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR. 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. Further ado, we have my brother, Irv Rowland, in the building. What's going on, Irv? Chilling, man. I miss y'all. What y'all got going on? Oh, man. man we, get, we get ready to get a bus, and we going to go down, you know, uh, to about Oklahoma somewhere and be there like, for about 20... Look, you going to do that? Look, you coming with us? <laughs> he be like, he look, with it, he with look, it. Look, he always with it. Look, that's what I'm trying to say. Irv <laughs> always on call whenever it's time to go, man. That's the last yeah. time I think I saw you. You were about... Three rows ahead of me, sleeping on a bus for nine days, eleven days, damn near. Is yep. that, yeah, state of emergency. Last time I saw y'all was in Louisville for Travis. Oh, oh yeah, we was at the funeral. R.I.P. to Travis. R.I.P. to Travis. Yeah, yeah. 
So, Herb, you just walked a mighty long way, and we yeah. laughed at you. I just want you to know. Um, we laugh because we know we what know, you went through. We know all about that walk there, the bottom of your feet every night, yeah. that soak you need. Yeah, 131. Yeah, that soak. I know it. Yo, ooh, your <laughs> legs. You ball, You play ball, but you know that it's a different when you just walking on that pavement. Yeah. Did you get some mole skin and all that that you had to put Man, in? The I had everything. I had um, some stuff to keep your feet from blistering. Mm -hmm. um, then I had some stuff for, um, you know, keep them shaping or whatever. And then I had stuff because I got a bad hip. Mm. I got, I'm hooping. Mm. I got a torn Achilles, broken leg on the other side. So from all this running bad and jumping bad, I got a bad hip. So, man, I, I was all messed up. But so we had to now what was happening mm -hmm. that you would do that type of, put that type of strain on your body knowing that you first of all you're not a young chicken anymore because we done got older, and then you you talk about these injuries from playing sports and to still go and walk that long because we know we did two hundred plus miles from New York City to Washington D.C. when Eric Garner was killed um, to bring criminal justice reform packages to. Uh, to to Congress and 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 you know we were fighting for three bills. Shout out to our Justice League family led by our sister Carmen Perez. Shout out to Justice and it was League. rough. I mean, I had to get shots in my knees. I've been through a lot, so there had to be a good reason why you hit the pavement in that way. So my brother Julius Jones, man, um, you know we always talk about how you know you guys do it more than me, obviously, but you know we're always on the front line for people that we didn't know. You know, whether it's Breonna Taylor or whoever. Uh, Julius Jones is someone that I grew up playing basketball with and against. Mm. Um, he was a year older than me. He was uh, on academic scholarship at the University of Oklahoma, engineering major. And uh, he was framed for a murder in 1999. So for the last 20 plus years, he's been facing the death penalty in the state of Oklahoma. So uh, I have a friend, J.B. Williams, who's a rapper and activist in Oklahoma City. And he had a, the idea like, man, look, we've been doing marches. We've been doing rallies. It's not enough. Let's just walk to the prison. So we started at the state capitol in Oklahoma City, and we walked 131 miles from Oklahoma City State Capitol all the way to the prison, um, state prison in McAllister, Oklahoma. That's amazing, man. That's yeah. like, you know, we wish that we had people fighting like that for us in all situations. You know, I remember I was incarcerated, and I was in there for a crime I didn't commit. And it was days, I used to write to certain people you know, I remember I wrote a letter to my judge and she actually replied to me, you mm -hmm. know, and she and she said she said some good things. And she was like, you know, I re I remember your case vividly. I remember she said, I remember your case vividly. And, you know, I was just I was bound by my job to, you know, the jury found you guilty. But, you know, I, I believe that you're going to come home and be a productive member of society. And I used to always wish that was people just fighting for me. So. I know, regardless of his situation, just seeing that people put that type of energy into fighting for him, I know that gives him some level of energy, man. And I just want to commend you. Yeah. You know, as no, it was wild. It was wild because it would be times like that first day we we hit the gates running, like we were a little too ambitious. That's we, how we did. You know yep. what I'm saying we we out here like we running a, a sprint, and uh, you know it's raining, it's snowing, my ankles is cooked, I'm out of there, and then he called. Julius called on the phone. And, you know, he, you know, like you said, man, to know that you're behind the walls and people out here giving up, you know, their time, their energy to do this for you 
like his energy woke us up and gave us some strength, man. And yeah. so it was like that kept happening every day. And I'm just like, man, it's, it's easy for me to sit back and do whatever I'm doing and be comfortable and, you know, just be like hashtag free Julius. Like, right. Nah, we got to be front and center. We got to do something. That's right. Tell me about the other individuals that walked with you. Yeah. So um, my friend JB, he's a rapper, activist in Oklahoma City, very uh, tapped in in the community in Oklahoma City. And then his girlfriend, Francie, who's a lawyer, criminal justice lawyer in Oklahoma City. And then two uh, white guys that are close with JB. Uh, one, Jess Eddie, he's um, has a law degree and does a lot of stuff. He's out there on the front lines every day with our people, a great ally. And um, Cody Bass, who, um, I mean, this dude is just ride or die. When we had our, our rally, man, he broke down crying because he just, every day, it just eats at him that the situations that we have to endure. Mm. Um, with the five of us, man, we hit the ground. We didn't want a lot of people because, as you all know, you, you we can't trust everybody. We got COVID still as a thing. So just the five of us hitting the ground. That's dope, man. Like, mm -hmm. we wanted to be there. You know, it just, yeah, we was in Atlanta. We was yeah. working on the center race, but we sent all our love, man. And Absolutely. we and we just was like, Irv, Irv is Irv one of us, man. There. Irv is yeah, in these streets. We would, we would just say out of nowhere, you know, Linda Sarsour and Angelo, attorney Angelo Pinto, our co-founders, we were all in the same Airbnb. And we would turn around and be like, how the hell is Irv, man? Like, anybody check on Irv today? Because we know how hard it is. So his family, like, does he have support? And what's the goals at this point? Yeah. Right now, um, we're trying to get back in front of the partner and parole board mm. and fight for his clemency. Um, there's been a number of celebrities that have come forth and tried to fight for him. Viola Davis did a show, um, The Last Defense on ABC, 2020 did a special. Uh, Kim Kardashian has been in Oklahoma several times to meet with our governor. Um, Baker Mayfield, uh, quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, every Sunday he wears Justice for Julius on the back of his helmet, wow. uh, even though the NFL don't, you know, they choose not to speak on it. But um, he does that. And so, you know, our brother Kenny Stills, man, everybody been fighting for him. So we're hoping that once he gets back in front of partner and parole board, um, we can show them what he can do once he gets out and how he's been affecting change, even though he's inside the walls and how he can be a productive member of society. Mm, so That's dope, man. Board. So are there like petitions or anything that we need to be signing? Yeah, what do we need you know, to do? Yeah. Justiceforjulius.com. You can go on there. It has uh, my friend Cece. I'll be... Uh, crazy not to mention her. Cece is Cece Jones. She's uh, a wife of an NBA trainer uh, on the medical side. He worked with the Oklahoma City Thunder for years. That's how she got tapped in with it. Um, but now they're in Washington with the Wizards. But Cece took this whole thing to another level mm. uh, with the so with the social media stuff. So if you go to justiceforjulius.com, this is a page she put together. It has the whole story, all the documentaries. You can sign the petition. And all that stuff. So we've been sharing that like crazy. Okay. Well, we definitely gonna share it. We're gonna sign it. We're gonna do all we can, man. We I just appreciate you, brother, man. Uh, yeah. appreciate you know, you. like the, I tell you about thing one thing about Irv, man. From the minute I met him, his energy is always up. He's always just a light, a spark in the room. You know, he comes to you, you good, bro. He he checks on me. You just just checking in on you, man. Like you need people like good brothers like yourself. Yeah. And I'm just I'm just happy to be somebody that, that I can have the access that I have to a brother like you, man. Yeah. So I really appreciate you, Ken. I think, Irv, one of the things that I really appreciate about you is how much you work. Like, 
you know, I remember there was a moment when we were on the state of emergency tour. You know, I, I think people feel it's fun to just be out on the road and that, you know, we're like hanging out and we do make it look good, right? Uh-huh. You guys uh-huh. work out, y'all are well-trained and, um, and, and you know, you look good and we, we look like we're having great experiences and we make it fun and we make it cool. But that bus ride after a while, when you trying to figure out a position for seven or eight hours riding from state to state, when we made it to um, Pittsburgh, we almost died under that uh, awning, whatever, where it was literally flying up. Again, shout out to our One Hood family, Jasiri and Celeste X. Um, we went we went through a lot on that road. We went, it was cold, it was hot, it was so many things that we experienced and moments that were really difficult and challenging. And I remember when we were outside of a college in North Carolina, it was after actually I fell, I hurt myself. And so I showed up late. And when I got there, you were like giving out t-shirts and, and, and helping people and really in the mix. And there are people who are around us who hang with us and they, they, they're good people, but they don't really, really get their hands dirty. But that's something that you do. Do you think that your experiences, um, you know, working within the NBA, like what made you this guy that is willing to put the real grind into the work? Man, um, I think, you know, my father, my grandfather, they're both ministers. Um, my, mm. my dad is actually an elementary school principal and a, a, a Baptist minister. So, I think it comes from them, obviously, in the you know working in the NBA. For me, I wasn't an NBA player, so I had to grind to get where I am. I haven't, I don't know if I've told y'all, but like to start in the NBA, I had to work for free 40, 50 hours a week for the Boston Celtics just to get my foot in the door. You know what I'm saying? And so if I had to do that for my professional career, I mean, it's unlimited. My son here joking about are we going to get on the bus to do this? I'm, you know, I'm with whatever. That's if right. That's what I feel like it's going to take for us to get whatever we want. I'm with whatever. And so, you know, that's really my mindset. And, you know, when we got arrested with the Louisville 87, okay. I would tell people the group of men that I was in jail with, that's what America should be like. It should mm. be men uh, and women, obviously. It was more of them. But in myself, there should be people that don't look alike, that come from different backgrounds, that are willing to sacrifice whatever to, you know, to get our liberation. And so, you know, that's really my mindset. Being around you guys, being around the, the rest of the group is uh, always therapeutic for me. Hmm. Kenny Stills, our brother. That's uh, right. Shout out to love Kenny. Kenny Stills. You have yeah. to have him on the show. Yeah. yeah, for sure. His season, hopefully they get a couple more dubs and he can get a ring, but uh, hopefully the Buffalo Bills go all the way. But, um, you know, we talk about it all the time in our space. Um, and I even hit up Trader Truth about it and been to him. In our space in sports and entertainment, it's, 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 it's a struggle sometimes to be around these guys that are so far removed from reality. Mm. You know what I mean? And I spend more time with them than I do with my family. Wow. Being around y'all is therapeutic, man, because it's, it's rare that you get around people like that. Well, it's, it's, it's a blessing for us, too. And it's rare to have people who are authentic as we are man and you're mm-hmm. definitely one of the real ones they say real recognize real and you look familiar king so we just uh, want to appreciate never sold it. Soul, man never sold our never soul. never right. no. already well we appreciate you herb thank you you know you know we're gonna be on the road soon we're gonna be doing something man so just Hit me i'm pulling up you already right. know thanks herb all, all right king. be safe peace all right, y'all do the same. All right. peace the final season of power book two ghost is here and no one's future is safe 
After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers, other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. See, listen, man. Like, that's what it is. That's what it's about for me, man. Like, Brothers like Irv, you know, that really live a life of service. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how I live my life. Like, when I, it don't be no reason. Like, people, oh, you out here, you clout chasing. Okay. It's like, what does that mean? Like, I don't even know what that means. I I, I see a need. Like, I don't want to see brothers in jail. I don't want to see brothers dying. I don't want to see people, sisters being abused. I don't want the justicism to continue to just discard us. Mm. And in, in, in the spirit of Black History Month, you know, we, we want to talk about what Black History Month really means to Black people and for Black people. Like, I, I joked at the beginning about, like, yeah, we need to have a whole year, but it is significant that we have this month. And just understanding that we all have some level of responsibility mm-hmm. in this month, and you know. And I just thought it made sense to talk about the after herb right, showing yeah. his responsibility. Because we know it that moleskin. We know what them feet feel like. Listen, that 138 miles of walking on behalf Ooh. of someone. And there's some people that say, what is that going to do? Well, doing nothing absolutely ensures It's going to do nothing. So, you know, I, I appreciate Irv. I see Irv's character, and I know that he really is a leader. 
there's so many um, athletes and others who he may not, you know, Irv is not on the floor every night, every game. He's not the sung hero of the NBA, but yeah. yet the work that he's doing with NBA and NFL players behind the scenes is so important because we're always like, who do you talk to? Like when we hear players say the craziest like, yeah, thing, you're like, you talking you points, Irv Rowan. Yeah, you need you. Like what, since it is, Black History yeah. Month. Like, what should people be doing? What should we be uniting? Like, what should we be telling people? Well, I already said, you know, earlier that I think it's an important month to really, really talk to our kids. Um, mm, because that's right, you did so many of our young people do not know history. They don't know anything about it. And that's also because adults don't know it. So one thing that I think people should do is buy your book. Right. Oh yeah, get my book. I, I know right. my rights. That's right. I know my rights. Um, and definitely go pre-order Tamika Mallory's book. Yeah. State of emergency. But but something they can actually get this month. My book comes out May 11th, and I definitely but you can hope pay that for people it now. support. Absolutely. Support it during you Black History Month. You should buy a lot of people's books during Black Bevy History Smith's. Month. Bevy Smiths. Absolutely. Bevelations. Mark Lamont Hill has a new book out. There are a lot of people who we should purchase and, and buy black, as they say. And mm -hmm. also, not just buy black, but buy black intellectualism, right? Yeah, learn buy, something. Learn something. Try to learn you something. Yeah. So I think that's one thing. I think, again, educating yourself and your kids. And the reason why I said buy your book is because one of the things that I noticed, which, you know, it's really amazing to see how well your book is doing. It is. Um, it really it is. is. It's re And I mean, really, really doing well. And one of the things we see is that a lot of parents have purchased the book, especially during COVID, while they're home with their kids. They're trying to give their kids a little bit of extra oomph and, you know, give them things to read, probably to keep them out the way a little bit because it's a lot being in the house with That's everybody right. all the time. But they're learning also. And you see parents writing in the comments, I bought the book. My kids, we read it together and I learned as they were learning. So I think that's important. I also think, you know, something is simple. It's simple. It might seem a little like, okay, yeah, Tamika. Fix some things with people that, you know, that you work with or other organizations that you might have yeah, we gotta issues unify with. Right now. Right now we know, need to be together. People who, you know, you might not be working with that you know you should. Try to see whether or not this is a good time. That there's some relationships you just can't restore. Yeah, you can't some people you just got to leave them alone and it's best for you and them. But there are some relationships, and I'm, I'm speaking of professional relationships, but this applies to all relationships, that this is a good time to have a kind word um, to make sure that uh, black people in general, that we, we, we have some uh, level of peace among us. Whatever that means. Relationships take on different things. You may have left the job. You may not necessarily be working with a particular group of people. You may have had to exit a movement. But it doesn't mean that the relationship has to be so bad that you're now out speaking negatively against one another, you know, publicly doing things that harms other people and the movement. So yeah. I know that might, you know, be something that's kind of like, ah, eh, it's corny. But it's actually we, important. Yeah, it's just like we're we, we, we to going through too much. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like when we look at the insurrection and we look at how that transpired, right? And mo most of us realize that that wasn't our situation. Right. You know, stand back, stand by, let them deal with their own issues. Like we had to deal with ours and, you know, chickens coming home to roost. But in this moment, mm -hmm. right, we should be unifying under something else. Because right. even though we know that particular situation doesn't, 
have anything to do with us. The fallouts from these situations oh, will definitely affect absolutely. us as black people because yeah. we look at, you know, how the the white supremacy is now waging war, right? Even though it's waging war on its own government that created it and it's coming, you know, and they have to deal with that. But we know ultimately when when they get a cold, we get pneumonia. Right. Right. So we have to be uniting right now. We have to say, what is our strategy? Well, because effectively these things are, you know, the the ramifications of what happened there will come to our communities, will come to our homes, will come to our doors, will come right. in our taxes, whatever it is, it's gonna come to us. So we have to be figuring out how do we unify? How unify do we strategize? How do we build? How are we building black empowerment? How are we building black businesses, entrepreneurship? How are we educating our own? How are we creating a structure within mm. this structure that we are self-sustainable? Because because Rome is falling. Because when we look at this, you know, empires fall all the time. And this is what we, we're seeing right now. We're seeing the fall of an empire. And there's going to be a new structure. And we have to be able to make sure that we've created I mean, even a out of COVID, we've been saying- Out of COVID. It will the the country the world will never be the same, right? So there is going to be some difference, right? Yep. That it will come out of all that we have seen happening over these last few. I don't know. It's been so long at this point. I don't know. It's been forever, but it really has been this four year period where we have learned about the vulnerabilities of this country. Mm -hmm. We also have learned how much hatred is really out there. Because there were a lot of people who, up until about George Floyd, maybe a little bit before that, they just really acted like they didn't know. And I'm talking about folks who look like us. Were but like, they, well, I don't really I, think I don't they know. were acting. Because you know what? Prior to me getting into this movement, Tamika, like probably eight years ago, like I, I didn't understand. Like right. I didn't know what was going on. I was in my own silo. I was in my own in the hood trying to figure out how I was going to do this, how I was going to rap, how I was going to do things, and how I was going to survive. You know, I always knew I wanted the right thing. I would see people dying, but I don't think until Trayvon Martin it actually made me pay attention. Right. You know, right. so there are a lot of people that really just, they don't, just don't know. They don't know. They don't know. And you know, one of the things that happened. I posted that we as black folks need to stand back and stand by during the, obviously we got that from the guy. And so I said, we need to do that and not get involved in these people's business because I believe that white folks were having a throwing a tantrum and we need to not be all, we don't need to always handle the, the, the burden of everybody else's fight. We just can't do it every time. Okay. But people, some folks took it the wrong way and said, oh, no, we can't just, you know, ignore it. We still have to deal. No, absolutely, we have to deal with the issues. Absolutely, there will be a fallout. And it's not even a fallout. It's a front end, right? And the reason why I said it is because when I think about the men, the three men responsible for killing Ahmaud Arbery, they are the insurrectionists. Yeah, the patriots. That's what they look like. The, the patriots. patriots. They, that's it. Those Men yeah, because they believe that they are, have the right to are, kill him. Exactly. They believe that he, this black man should not be going through our community unchecked, and I should be able to have a citizen's arrest, and he's supposed to listen to me. He's supposed to do what I say. He's supposed to do what I say, and he's not supposed to give any resistance. And if he gives resistance to what I say, I have the right to kill him, because right. that's what white supremacy teaches. I don't know. I feel like, yes, we have to pay attention, but I actually think it's a different moment. I think this is a moment that we need to like slide under the radar and focus on our own plans. Exactly. That's exactly on our what I own said. plans. Because they're not really paying attention that much to us at this moment. 
they're more, they're caught up in what's on news and with what's going to happen with impeachments and this and that and all of those things is the is the the mainline focus. And while they're focusing on those things, we need to be focusing on some of the plans, the brilliant plans that are out there about building our own structures. As you said, creating a structure within a structure, um, figuring out ways to ensure that our children have the knowledge that they need, not just to be uh, good and successful, but also to be black, like to be blackity black, 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 show black, up blackity black, show up black, and I think and be okay with that. That's why we developed like until freedom, right? Because right. we've seen a need, mm-hmm. we've seen a need in this movement where people like myself didn't feel included. We didn't feel. That you know, we represented what the movement looked like. We didn't come from Ivy League, you know. We didn't have this Man, this shiny. You know, see, this. I've been in the movement for so long that I never really agree with you about this. But for but me, I, that's what I, I see. I but that's what we that's see. Or is or or you have a church background, or everything that you you done is is quoted. You look at our leaders, Dr. King. You know, Malcolm X had a religious back. If you don't come from any of these Malcolm kind of X backgrounds, was red and he was in prison. But when he was in prison, we didn't know that. Most of us just thought Malcolm X was this this intelligent black man who represented the nation of Islam. You know, and he was a, a brilliant speaker, the brilliant man. And some of us were just regular dudes from the hood that we knew a couple of words. We could rap a little bit, play a little ball, and we had passion in us and we wanted to do things. We just didn't feel like we was embraced. And that's yeah. what I think I think that was until excuse, freedom was for me. It wasn't I don't but you saying as an excuse, but well, I'm telling well, you that it was a the, real the it's a I real concern that. now. I got dudes, rappers and everything that hit me up and say, yo, I be wanting to be out there, but I know I be doing this, and I don't want to look like a hypocrite. I'm like, what does that mean? What did you do? What you rap? You talk about your reality that you've been through, so you can you can't rap and not want to see your people die at the same time. Again, I have been in the movement longer than you. Mm-hmm. I have a 25 year track record of being able to see and, and understand the movement, but I have more years, 30 plus years of just being around. The movement has always been made up of people who are just as broken as the next person, people who are alcoholics, drug abusers, people who have broken marriages, people who didn't finish school, um, you know, people who came out of prison. All those things have always been in the movement. The difference between then and now is that we're social media, number one, allows you to show more of yourself in your life. And if you go on there and you're trying to hide certain things about yourself, people can see through it. So authenticity has become much more of a front and center piece for organizing and galvanizing people. So I think what Until Freedom is doing that is different from movements of the past, it's not that we're different as individuals, as those who came, you know, as I said, red was red, right? So it's not that we're different. What we are is being more authentic about who we really are. And our failures and our and, and the things like I always talk about. I like to twerk. I'm not perfect. I drink. I do things. I you know, and those were things that that was hidden in the movement in the past. So I guess that's what it they is. did it behind closed yeah. doors. And we want to do it. I don't, I don't want to do it behind closed doors. Well, you know, you know, I don't. I, I want to be. I want to be accepted. <laughs> I want to be able to go from a strip club to a march and not have somebody call me a hypocrite. I hope you don't go 
from the strip club or from to a the march, march. To the strip club. Either way. I, 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 I hope, you, I I hope be between to... the strip club and the march, there needs to be some showering nah, going sometimes, on. Sometimes it ain't time. Sometimes the be... march is, no, sometimes sir, the march is over at 12 early. or nothing. No. You, you need to leave. I can shower early. after all of that, but the bottom line is, you know, that's what you that's think what that I, the stripper wants. Your march, sweaty, stinking self from the street on on her. The, the, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, she yeah. doesn't. I'm telling you. Why not? She don't want it, and we don't want to see you when you come from her and her sweaty, stinking self. <laughs> bottom line is, man. We want to have a good time and still be able to fight for freedom. And I think until freedom represents the least of these, those who have been casted out from those who, from the streets to the sweets, as we like to say, man. And that's what our our origin is. And and so what is the future? What do you think the future goals should be for black people? I think that we have to have a real clear and broad understanding of reparations, Mm. what that means. Um, for our communities because people say reparations and many people, as soon as we hear reparations, we think dollars and cents, the 40 acres and the mule, and we should. We should have land. Start there. We should have land. We should have a check and because we still haven't uh, cashed the check. Dr. Yeah. King said the check was, check. He said was coming for he it. Said he said the check was check. insufficient, had insufficient funds. So the check is important. And by the way, Joe Biden needs to write them $2,000 checks, okay? Yeah, those 2000 you know, Write the $2,000 check. And don't send 1400 more. Yeah, send the send whole 2000 I got a check for $600, and I'm really concerned about whether or not I, I was supposed to get that. Listen to me. All the PPE and all, I ain't got nothing. Well, Anybody I got me, me a check for six hundred dollars, and I'm really happy to have it. I'm about to file. I needed it because people tell me I could get it. They say you ain't getting nothing. Oh, you you good? You know you go to hood. The Pookie hood know Pookie know everything. know everything. Pookie like listen. <laughs> I'm telling you, get you about 20 racks right now. I'm telling you, all you got to do is go fill out the form. Like, you got what? a business, so you could do that. Go fill out the but form I, and let it know. I, I, when I got my 600, I checked, I was like, whoa. But if I would have received that little uh, 2000 that's good. So they need to just go on, scratch that. Don't worry about that. Just send another $2,000 check out. Anyway, most people, when they hear reparations, they think about cash money. Um, and they obviously think about you know land and, and ownership and, and really basically paying us back. For what we've been through and being held back and held down and in this country. But reparations to me means other things. It also means ensuring that the laws are set up in a way that provides equity to our communities. It means things like retroactively uh, looking at sentencing laws and guidelines and, and going back and allowing people, especially we talked about uh, Gloria Taylor, a woman who's in prison for 999 years for selling a handful of cocaine. These are things that we want to see uh, changes made and people allowed to be free to go back to their lives, back to their families. No elder should be in prison if they didn't commit a heinous crime, spe- especially for drug dealing or drug abuse, because there are still people in prison, not for selling drugs, but for, for an act that they may have committed that did was- not include murder or rape or anything like that when they were using drugs, yeah. and which is now considered to be a sickness because white people are on opioids. Uh, Absolutely. And so we want to see that, you know, our people, are let our people go. Um, that should be a let part of the reparations plan. 
Um, and you know, and reparations. That should be the law. Let my let our let my go. let our people go. We should write a law called "Let My People." Well, go. Well, Joe Biden's black uh, black oh, yeah. agenda is called voice. "Lift Every Voice." So let so, my people go now. That, you know what I'm saying? You know? He should definitely want to contribute to let my people go. You that, have you put some you people, put some people a lot in of prison. my people in prison. You broke that's why right. we talked about know? that so, exactly. So we ain't gonna, we not listen to me. I want y'all to understand. I am not blind or ignorant to the fact of the harm that was caused to black people by this administration. You know, so when when I by people, individuals by, within the administration. Well, the, no, individual well, no, what I'm well, the, the, the administration the individuals individuals the president, the, the, the head of the president the of the head, United the States. president and the vice president of they have contributed to the locking up of black bodies. That is a fact. I don't there's no way around it, but I believe that they had more in store and more of a, a forward path for black people than Peach Man had, and that's what I said. And I said that we were he going to push no them. For black we were. He that's had crap. nothing planned people for that black. Let's say that. And you know, people were pissed off with us because we were like, you know, to the preachers, right, that went to go meet with Trump many, many years back, or to some what of the some of the singers, what you, doing you know, there? that were 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 out there. Uh, flirting with Trump, and I don't mean that in a sexual way, but you know, trying to be his friend, performing at his events, and and we challenged them every time it came up. We challenged every them, time. and they and people said, and "Oh, every we can meet with anybody." Now that we see what happened with, with the insurrection and the way that he actually led slaughter, because they were out there slaughtering. That's what they were doing, yeah. beating people with flags, dragging them crushing people, all of those things. Now that you see that, do you think you should have given that man your time? At all. You think you should have sat down to meet with that man? We knew that was... he. Someone said on my page the other day, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Because I was like, we already knew this. You know, this is after the insurrection. Um, and I, I said, I said, we knew this. I was on live. I was like, you know, he's been racist. He's been sexist. He's he, he was always harmful. We knew it. And the person wrote, he came down the uh, the escalator grabbing Cootie and speaking and speaking violently. And that's a fact. The escalator for people who don't remember, when he was running for president after announcing that he was running for president, there was a moment where Donald Trump and Melania Trump were coming down the escalator at the Trump Towers in Manhattan. And he, at that moment, was talking about the Mexicans. He was being divisive off the back. He was saying the nastiest things that day. I don't remember the exact words he said. I'm sure we can find it and play the clip from him coming down the escalator. But to the person on my page's point, he was grabbing Cootie and talking crazy from that moment all the way through his campaign. So once he became president, he didn't just change. And in fact, for the last four years, he literally has been working on and planning and being very intentional about organizing a cult of individuals and being able to, to use their vulnerabilities, weaknesses, and their dumbass, ignorant selves to challenge this country for his benefit because he does not care about them. How do you care about people that you allow to go get themselves now locked up? People don't lost their jobs. CEOs have been fired by their boards. What? You don't care about anybody that you allow to go do that you in your honor. You can't because 
the bottom line is Trump has always been about Trump. Right. You know, and it not not only white supremacy, but narcissism is one of his biggest attributes. In his you know, mind. In, in his, his mind. mind. Like his this. not caring about what you think and how it affects people, you know, has got him to a place that he feels is successful. And the same thing that got him there is the same thing that is taking it's it away. It's gonna from destroy him. him. And I you thought know. blue lives matter to these people. Yeah, what happened to blue where's the blue lives matter people, <laughs> man? If people don't kill the people killed the officer. They where, did. And almost the blue, killed another one. Yeah, where, like, where's the blue lives matter? When <laughs> black people was out there and they said that somebody did anything that closely, remotely looked like standing hurting in front of... Hurting, it was blue lives matter. They stood up. They turned their backs on governors and mayors and said this and that. We we can't take this. Where are the blue lives matter people? You know? And I thought Trump was a blue lives matter person, so he really should be out there condemning. You know, blue and... lives only matter when it's black lives. Well, that's the you point. know. So, so kill black always, people, kill black, and people. you matter. And that brings me to what I don't get. What don't you get, sir? You know, in in, in the spirit of Black History Month, what, mm. what I really don't get right is how you can be a black person. With any level of influence, any level of notoriety, financial, you know, surplus, and not see the need to do something to help our culture and help our people. Like, it's it's so strange to me when I see brothers like Irv, you know, brothers like Trey, brothers that's on the front line that's willing to sacrifice something all the time that don't have as much don't have as much reach don't have as much influence don't have as much finances anything willing to really put their lives on the front line for our people and it's people who have surplus mm. that don't want to risk anything right how do you they sit don't want their how names do you sit, to show up in the contribution you, list they don't even want to contribute they're to scared. they scared like they or they just don't care but i don't understand how as somebody who's been through it, who understands the struggle that black people are dealing with, who knows, who probably went through the exact struggle, who come from the same humble beginnings as most of us come from. How do you not see the need in this moment to utilize everything you have to ensure that we don't go back to that, that we evolve past, that we actually get equity, actually get equality? How do you sleep at night knowing that you ain't did shit? Like, how do you, know you do why? that? I because just don't get that. I get it. And it's a simple answer for me. They know that there are some of us that are going to fight on their behalf because everything they have came from someone else's blood. And so they don't really see a need mm. to step in and do anything because they are leaning on the backs of Big Mama and Big Papa who have been carrying them through that everything they ever have, every type of... Uh, uh, every bit of their success is based upon the sweat equity of those who came before them. And therefore, they don't see a need. They don't understand the importance of getting involved because why do that when somebody's going to feed somebody's going to feed your empire? But the bottom line is you can push the, you can, can you can feed your own empire and create a legacy. You can change. Mm -hmm. You actually have. You are your ancestors' wildest dreams. Your ancestors, and when you look at history, people actually when because people say oh, this you know it's cliche. 
people died for you to get with you. But this is but they, is, they literally died for you to get opportunities that actually you have did. to be able to be financially stable and have excess amount of money and have access and have people pay attention and listen to what you're saying. Like I'm not saying dedicate your whole life to this movement or civil rights or just the you know the elevation of black people, but take some part of your life, take some part of what you have, mm -hmm. your voice, your finances, something, and give to the elevation of the people. This, and especially in Black History Month, yeah. I think if you are a black person in Black History Month and you are, and you have the ability to elevate this culture, to push your people, to give them more access, more resources, more anything, and you don't do it. Then you like what are you what are you doing? Like what what, what are you really doing? I absolutely you know? agree. You know, I don't I don't respect anyone who's not engaged in some way, shape, or form. And you don't have to be on the front line, but you certainly need, you to, need to be, be on the line. line. You need to be in line. In line. In line. Well, listen, the number one show in the world. The number one show. We had in the another world. dope show, number another dope podcast. episode. Number one we're, podcast we're speaking, speaking into, into existence. existence. Number one, make top, sure you tune top, in. Top, top. top. We better than everybody <laughs> in the world. There's no podcast ever better than us. That's right. Listen, I'm happy that we had this this um Black History Month show episode. today. Yeah, it's, it's been dope. good. And you know, street politicians is a thing. People are starting to, uh, you know, hit me up and say, "Yo, I've been watching the shows. You guys are talking about good topics, and they have been giving us critical feedback." My sister Sharon is the Sharon number is our number one, one critic. critic. And, but it's all good. But you know, she when she like things. it, she be like, "No, this I like she, this." When one. she likes it, when she don't great. like it, she be like, "Nah, they got to you got to fix this, fix this. this the lights need to be this here. Cord in the back on the floor. Something wrong." The, but when, when y'all didn't have good energy, when we get past Sharon, we got it. So, we got it. We so got it. So that's listen, once again, I'm not gonna always be right. <laughs> Tamika's not gonna always be wrong. Not always. But we will both always, always and I mean always, always, always. I promise you, always be authentic. Thanks for joining Street Salute. Politicians. Black Peace. History Month. You don't have the right to do nothing. Peace. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details.